all of us make preparations, don't we? All of us have to do some planning. All of us have to put some things in order to be able to accomplish some things. Ladies, if you're baking a cake, you just don't decide five minutes before the meal that I need a cake. I mean, I need to bake a cake. You can go down to the, the, to the grocery store and maybe buy one, but you want to bake a cake. You want to serve a cake. To be able to do that, you have to put some things in motion to be able to accomplish that. You have to buy the ingredients. You have to have the utensils to be able to put it together, the recipe. You have to have the, uh, uh, the time to be able to do all this. And it all has to come together and cool and be iced before you're able to serve it. It takes certain preparations, and you execute those in order to accomplish the end. When you came here this morning to church, you were making preparations. Even though you have done this many times before, perhaps, even though it was on automatic pilot, there were certain things that had to, get, uh, had to be put in order to be able to come here. We see in our text today, in Luke chapter 3, that God was putting some things in order for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and for the coming of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to us and to this world in which we live in. Let's consider what he says there. Luke chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. You can follow along in your Bible or follow along on the screen behind me here. Luke chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. During the high priest of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in a wilderness. He went, uh, he went into a country around, around Jordan, preaching and baptizing of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the word of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain, uh, mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all the people will see God's salvation. Those words of Isaiah chapter 40 were used to, uh, in each one of the Gospels to identify the, uh, the ministry of John the Baptist. John the Baptist even used those words in, uh, in, in the Gospel of John to explain what he was about in his ministry. He had come as a way maker. And he is, he, 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 we see through this and through other passages of Scripture that the world is not to be the same with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And our lives are not to be the same with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I would like for, uh, for you to consider three questions that I'm going to pose to you, three questions that require uh, a response from each one of us. Before I do that, I'm going to give you a little bit of an explanation coming into those questions. And I pray, I pray that the Lord will, will speak to your heart as to how he would have you respond. Let us pray right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, is a light onto our path and a lamp onto our feet. We thank you, Lord, for illuminating our way. We thank you, Lord, for the fellowship that we have with you by your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you have sought out to make a way for us to come into fellowship with you. And as we fellowship with you, Lord, as we walk with you, Lord, you ask us to do certain things and, and to, uh, in order to maintain that good fellowship with you. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us today to establish that uh, uh, course and maybe a, a new way and a different way for each one of us who are met here today. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for what you will speak to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to go forward to the next slide. 
talking about the, uh, uh, the first point. First point that I would like for us to observe is that uh, prepare the way of the Lord involves a proclamation. It's the idea of making way for the king. Make way for the king. The king is coming. We cannot stay the same as what we were. There is something that needs to be done. It needs to be happening. Despite the undaunting obst- the daunting obstacles that are before us in a world in which we live in, God is, has a plan that he's executing, and he wants us to be a, be a part of it. I want to give you some examples of uh, preparing a way that we have had to w- that we have had the privilege of doing in Paraguay as missionaries over the last uh, last term. Um, before I do that, though, I want to really go back to one of the texts that were, was projected here this morning, and uh, it's in Luke chapter ten. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And the text goes on immediately to say, "How then can they call in one in the, that they uh, have not believed?" And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Wonderful missionary uh, uh, words, texts, for us to be able to understand the importance of sending somebody to be able to accomplish what is happening there. But it's not just for missionaries. It's for all of us because all of us have a role in it vicariously, obviously, through missionaries, but also to the ones that the Lord is, is putting in our paths and calling us, putting it to, to our attention, that they, too, need to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, oftentimes we think of proclamation as being preaching, and that's what's talked about here in the text. But proclamation also includes showing, demonstrating, teaching, correcting even. In the presentation we just saw here of uh, uh, the people in Nepal, they are going in with some great humanitarian provisions there to be able to show the love of Jesus Christ. They're gaining credibility through that. They are able to show authentic Christianity and the love of Christ in doing so. That's a wonderful way of proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ, but it goes beyond just doing those things. We need to show Jesus Christ. We need to give the glass of water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. To be able to share a few things about Paraguay and some of those people that are, uh, have been touched, so we've had opportunity to proclaim to, uh, let me just share three with you. <clears throat> the first one is Raquel. Raquel is an interesting case, but she is very typical of many in, in Paraguay. They're very skeptical of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paraguayans historically are very religious. They're also very fatalistic and very superstitious. And it's hard to break through to them oftentimes. But we have found that if they are able to see Jesus Christ, if we're able to come alongside them and pray for them, if we're able to spend time with them, that they're able to see that we aren't really that bad people, that, that they're, uh, they've been taught maybe that we are as, uh, as evangelical believers, they're going to respond positively to the gospel, generally speaking. And that's what happened with uh, Raquel. Raquel has a neighbor about two doors down whose name is Valentina. Valentina is one of the, one of the people that attend one of our churches, and she is a, a wonderful person in reaching out and caring for those around about her. Raquel was in a situation where she, uh, her husband was dying, and uh, she had four teenage children. They were very troubled because they knew they were going to lose their father. But Valentina came alongside of her. Raquel was a mess throughout this whole season, 
But Valentina stayed tight with her, to be able to share with her, to be able to pray with her. After her husband passed, Valentina continued to go, and in the process, process of this, she began to see some answered prayers. She began to see what the Lord was doing in her own life. She began to see this truth and this, this witness of Valentina. There was proclamation that was done that bore fruit. And the fruit was that she eventually came to, to a Bible study, accepted the Lord, became part of the church, and now she is a vibrant witness throughout her neighborhood also with Valentina. That happened because proclamation happened. It doesn't just happen. That's God's way of doing it. That's Christ's way of, that he's asked us to go. He wants us to be proclaimers as well. Also, there's a guy that uh, is a very interesting character in Paraguay. His name is Edgar. Edgar is the grandson of one of the presidents of Paraguay. Now, we don't rub up against these government officials uh, all the time in, in Paraguay, but it's a smaller country, and so we do have a little bit more opportunity, and we live in a capital city. So these things do happen. Well, Edgar came to one of our Bible studies by the invitation of somebody else that was attending, and he told us that he was attending this church. It was not one of our churches, but it was a good church. And so I asked him to pray after the meeting was over. He participated to a point. He gave a few cliches as answers, but he was not really uh, uh, into it. But I, I gave him opportunity to pray at the end of the meeting. That week, he told me as I met with him that that was the first time that he had ever play, prayed in public and that he was really not a person that had ever grown. He only attended the church. But there was something about that Bible study that he really appreciated, and so he began attending our Bible study, began to hear the proclamation of the word, and began to absorb what was happening there. It turned his life upside down. Some of the, those cliches become, became very real for him, and the truth, the truth is what really became real for him. As a result, today, uh, Edgar has a, a group in his, in his home, and his wife has another group in the morning that meets with people uh, uh, that probably we wouldn't be able to reach. That happens because proclamation happened. Another person in that same Bible study is, uh, uh, is uh, uh, Ruben. Ruben is an interesting character as well because he's a retired military man. He is a man that is very religious, but very hard because he's a military man. At least that's the front he puts up. But as I talk with him about what Jesus Christ can do in his life and what he can do also in his family, his family has some issues, some not necessarily grave problems, but he has issues. They have issues with, with uh, uh, a lot of things, and they have uh, strong feelings like their father has. Ruben cries sometimes, a hard military man, when we're sitting quietly together, maybe over a cup of coffee. He says, I wish I would have known this earlier in my life. This is, this is something that I need, and I have a hard time wrapping myself around it now because my children have certain expectations of me. My wife has expectations on me. Pray for Rubin. Proclamation has happened. It's not going to, us, uh, uh, to the end that we need to have to go to, but we're trusting the Lord that there will be break breakthrough in, in, in Rubin's life. This is the evidence of what proclamation can do and will do. And not just in, in, on a mission field. It can happen here. It can be the reality here. So the question that I have for you 
and we're going to go to the next slide for this. The question that I have for you as a result of this is, as a follower of Jesus Christ, what team would you rather be joined than his? He invites us to join with him in the proclamation. He works through people like us. As incredible as that seems, he chooses the frailty of us to be able to reach out to go to those around about us. The second point that I want to make this morning, observation I want to make, is that prepare the way of the Lord calls for deliberate action. Our text is an imperative. Prepare the way of the Lord. It's something that demands purposeful action to be able to realize the proper end that it, for which it was meant for. And so the preparing of the way, way for others means that in, in their time when it was originally spoken was there was a way maker. Uh, John the Baptist was a way maker. But all people who was in the, within hearing of that needed to be responders to that. And as those who responded, who made way for the Lord, be it the disciples, be it the, those that heard in the, in the masses, there was uh, the need for those, to, those people to be not only way receivers, to be, but also to be way makers, to continue on the process, uh, the, what, what they were called to do, to be deliberate in that. What does it really mean to be a way maker? To be a waymaker means to be a transformed uh, people. It means that uh, uh, we need to put ourselves, I could talk about this all day, what it means to be a transformed person. But in a nutshell, it means for you and me to be in agreement with the Lord. To take what he has said and what he has asked us to do and put ourselves in alignment with it and follow through on what he has done with it, what he has asked us to do with it. To walk with him, to be his instrument, to work with him, He's not asking us to do something for him. He's asking for us really to do something with him. He's asking us to be, see people as he sees them, to love them as he loves them, as this uh, video presentation pointed out so well here this morning. The second thing is to be a way maker means to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, to, to look beyond the obstacles of the world and not, uh, to see God, God's way, as being... Uh, doing God's way and God's will is being greater than the obstacles that might, we might find along the way. When we go to somebody close by to us to share the gospel, there might be obstacles in that. We might become mocked. We might have fears about that. When we go overseas, there might be obstacles in terms of uh, the, the cost of going. It's costly. There might be obstacles in terms of uh, political rejection for who we are, the country we come from. It's hard to get visas sometimes. It's hard to even have permission to share the gospel in an open matter in some parts of the world. These are real obstacles. But you know there's one obstacle that seems to be universal that happens to so many people, happens to almost all of us really. It's the fear that's within us, that we can't make a difference. And that somebody else is better equipped, so let's let them do it. But we don't find that in Scripture. We find a great commission that says, go, make disciples of all peoples. And he says, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's a great promise. So we don't have to go it alone, but we focus upon our inadequacies too many times. And we see those inadequacies. 
But you know something? As we look around ourselves, uh, look around us, and as we even look at our own experience, we can say that the person that led us to Jesus Christ, the person, people that have made differences in our lives, aren't always the giants. They aren't always those people that have been out way there in front, like the Billy Grahams or uh, a, a gifted pastor or something like that. There's a good chance that a good many of you have been led to Christ here this morning, that are here this morning, have been led to Christ by a parent, a Sunday school teacher, a friend. Did they have a Bible degree? Probably not. But they did have what they had, and they were able to give that, and it made a difference. It made that difference. I don't have all that I need to give to every person I encounter in Paraguay. Number one, they have better language than I have to be able to even speak in Spanish. I've been in Spanish for 30 years. My wife, my kids can talk much better than I can in Spanish. But I do have what I have, and I can give my testimony, I can give the truth, and I can, I can give it unashamedly. And the Lord takes that, and he uses that. And he will do that with you, and you can be a part of that as you participate in, in what I'm doing and what other missionaries are doing. And what you do near as well as far, will make a difference in people's lives. Don't let the enemy convince you otherwise. You can be a proclaimer. Don't have fears. Don't let the obstacles, don't let even the, 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 thing, the, the thought that uh, you, can, you cannot make a difference trip you up. The third thing that I want to share with you about what it means to be a, 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 a way maker, somebody that, that can be effective, is that being a waymaker means taking deliberate action. It's nice to be a nice guy. It's nice to be a nice lady in, in treating other people, relating with our neighbors, with others here uh, that maybe aren't, uh, that are unbelievers that are even gathered here. That's great. But it goes beyond that. Let me illustrate it this way. There's a testimony of a man that... Uh, was a good neighbor with his neighbor. He, uh, he had, they had a great relationship, but uh, uh, one day he went to this meeting out of town, and he, he was away for several days. He came back. He was really excited. He shared with his neighbor what had happened. And what had happened was he met Jesus Christ. Somebody at the meeting presented the gospel to him, and everything lined up, and it just seemed so right, and he was so excited. He wanted to go home and tell his neighbor. He wanted to be a boy maker for him. But his neighbor said, I am a Christian. I am a Christian. But he had not told his neighbor who took the trip. He had not been a way proclaimer. He had been a way receiver, but not a, not a way proclaimer. Way makers are those people who are not just nice guys. They are the people who are willing to give, but give in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. To be able to let it know that why they're nice guys. Makes, is because Christ made a difference in their lives. Let me give you an illustration of this in Paraguay. We have a man there, and, and, and we have several, but I'm, I'm going to use this as an illustration. Seferino is a very humble man. He's not a guy with, uh, uh, he may not even have a high school degree. I don't know. I've never asked him about it. I've never thought about it. But he is a, just a very humble man that works in a fa worked in a factory, but then he got a back problem. He couldn't continue to want to work in a, in a factory. But he was a guy, while he was in a factory, he would uh, share the gospel with other people. He would not 
clobbered them over the head with, uh, with, the, with the truth. He would build a relationship, build bridges. He would explain insights that were key, perhaps, to them in their situations that they found themselves in. And he would sow those seeds. The result of that was he was able to win many to Christ, and some of those would come to a Bible study that he had in his home. And of those people, several have gone to our churches, one church in particular. Two of those are studying in seminary to become leaders and to become pastors now. Stefanino had a back problem in the process of uh, that he had to leave his position, so they gave him the job as working as a night watchman. And this is the best thing that could have happened for him in that kind of a system because there's no disability in the uh, program in the country. So to be able to go to a, a, a night watchmanship and to be able to spend the night, to be able to touch base with these people uh, in the evening while they're leaving and to talk to the next shift while they're coming on in the morning, this was, this was a gravy thing for him to be able to do this. His group continues to grow. Stefanina would give you the shirt off of his back. He is that kind of a nice guy. But he would definitely give you the Lord Jesus Christ in the process. That's where the point is here. Being a transformed person, being a point, person that is a way maker, is to take deliberate action to be able to share Jesus Christ in the process of, of, of being there and being present to, uh, to make a difference in people's lives. Preparing the way for the Lord Preparing the way for the Lord, for him to enter in, to be able, able to penetrate even a hardest shell person around about us. If we, re we really believe the Lord can do it, we don't, it's a lack of trust to be able to, to believe that he can't do it. But if we believe that he can do it, he can take maybe what we have to offer. Maybe he doesn't do it in the day that we do it. Maybe he'll take, take somebody else along the way. It'll make that, that kind of a difference in their lives. Maybe it isn't the dollar that you give to missions. Maybe it isn't the prayer that you raise up. And you can be convinced of this. But every piece that you give to missions, be it in prayer, be it in participation, be it in, in giving, is something that's, that's really the Lord is going to use. He won't allow that to return to, to you void, as, he, uh, as the, even his word says about the word. That will be something that is making a difference for people for all of eternity. Trust the Lord that he is able to do that. We are way receivers. Everyone here who is a believer is a way receiver. The Lord would have us to be way makers as well. So the second question that I have for you, second question is, if someone has come to you and he has showed you the way of Jesus Christ, do you believe that it's important for you to do the same for others? Do you believe that the Lord can use even the little that you have to offer? Do you believe that you, the Lord can use whatever you have to offer for missions to be able to get, to, get that, that, that gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's not just to be a nice guy. It's not just to, be, uh, uh, to, to, to make a difference in, a way in, their, in their standard of living. It's to make a difference for in, their, in their eternity. Do you believe that the Lord can do that? That's a demonstration of your faith. You really believe that the Lord can do that. If, you're, if you participate wholeheartedly in this and not give, you're not motivated by guilt or something else. 
I encourage you to pray as to, as to what the Lord would have you to do, that you would have that kind of an attitude as you uh, uh, reach out to those around about you and as you participate in missions. The third thing, observation I'd like to share with you this morning is prepare the way of the Lord involves a promise. It's a promise from the Lord that all people will see his salvation. That is not to say that all will be saved, but all will see, all will be able to have a a hearing. That's the will of the Lord. In the Lord's plan, his scope is that all will hear. There is nobody that's out from under the umbrella of of his love. John 3.16, for God so loved what? The world. The whole world. The qualifier is obviously in the second part, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the qualifier. His love extends to them. They decide if they're going to receive it. But he wants us to show his love to those around about us and to those that are far away. That corresponds to us. That's not for the other guy. That's not just for a select few. That's a call for all of us. Go and make disciples to all nations. And what does he say at the end of that, the Great Commission, what does the Lord say? He says, Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The end of the age has not come. So he's with us, and he will accompany us as we participate in sharing with others around about us and as well as in missions. Proclamation is tough. It can be tough, but we can be a part of it, and the Lord does not ask us to do it alone. He says he will go with us in it. That's a great part about the, uh, the promise of him reaching out and using us, letting him uh, work in the situations that we find ourselves in. So the third question this morning, it's our final question for you today. If this is what the Lord has promised the world, a real promise that, uh, will never, uh, that, will never, that, that is never and will never change, and if he wants us to be a part of being waymakers to those people, are you willing to take concrete steps so that you become a better waymaker for those around you and those that live far away from you? Choices are before us. Choices are before us so we decide how much we're going to change or we're going to do these things as we are before. Maybe the Lord won't have you to change. Maybe the Lord says, well done, thou good and faithful servant for what you have done to this point. And he wants you to continue on it. But maybe he wants you to move it up a notch. Move it up a notch in your witness to those around about you. Move it up a notch in your participation in missions. But he wants you to go, uh, go with him in that. What might he ask you to do is taking concrete steps. Let me share five with you this morning. We're going to go to, the, go to these. The, next one, the first one that we might consider is that he might move us to, uh, to realign our priorities with what we do with our time and our money, our resources, so that they are better served for his purposes. They are his to begin with. We are to be good stewards of them. How do those really line up? Is he glorified? Are his purposes realized in those? Maybe he would have you to do something a little bit different in that way. Second, he might put a picture of overlooked people in your lives people that um, 
or maybe out of your, 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 your sphere, out of your scope of, of, of sight. But he puts those people in your lives and the antennas need to go up because he wants those antennas to go up so that you're a, a transformed person aligning with the purposes that he has for those people. Are you willing to let him do that for you today and in the future? Third, he might deliver us from a fear and release us to love our neighbors or love those around about us as he loves them. Most significant, what he, what he wants to do, what he can do. Culture says that there are certain types of people that are different from us. Certain groups, certain individuals. So we put ourselves at a distance. But what does God say? God says, I love those people. I love that person. Now, if he does that and he's, he's brought them to your attention, there has to be some reason for that. Ask him what he, why he's brought that person or those peoples to your attention. And be sensitive to what he might ask you to do. Number four, he might renew a resolve in you to, pro, uh, to, to proclaim the gospel in word and deed. I really like this video. This is, this is a great video that you saw about Nepal. Uh, uh, Nepal. And uh, uh, there are testimonies of how the Lord's made differences in people's lives because uh, somebody showed them the love of the Lord before they presented the gospel itself. And in the process, it's made a mark. They've been able to see something authentic. Authentic Christianity. We need to be authentic and not be double-minded, live, live, live as uh, people tossed by every, everything uh, like a quirk upon the sea, as uh, James chapter 1 says. But at the same time, we need to live an authentic Christian life in which they see the love of Christ in us, flowing through us. We are as conduits, I think, as uh, one of the, uh, uh, the slides said here this morning. And five, he might, give some, he might call us, some of us, to give blocks of time and even years to reaching those that are far away, serving them. He's asked me to do it. He's asked other international workers to do it. He's asked mission teams to go, short-term missions teams to go to uh, other parts of the world, and they have made a difference. Would you be willing to go, sacrifice maybe something of your, uh, something that's dear to you, that's to you, so that you're something usable to the Lord somewhere else.